Thank you, Andre. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's good to be together and good to come around um, God's Word. The 11th of June, um, 1974. I don't know if this date rings any bells for anyone, but Craigavon Baptist Church was officially formed. And that means this year, 2024, marks 50 years of our local church here in Drumgore Heights, Craigavon. So this morning may feel a little bit different. I want to use this morning to encourage us to reflect on the past, um, focus in the present, and look with great hope to the future. In the 1960s, um, Craigavon Development Commission, known as CDC, this was formed with the purpose of planning and establishing a new town, a new city, Craigavon. Um, some of you may know the names, Alistair Baxter um, from Lisburn Baptist, and Brian McFarland from Dungannon Baptist. They joined this committee, as it was their line of work, and moved to live in Burnside in Craigavon. And when they moved, they joined Kilikameen Baptist Church. Now, in the plans for Craigavon, um, there were allocated sites for the Church of Ireland, for the Presbyterian, um, for the Methodist, and for a Catholic church, but there was no allocated site for a Baptist church. And as these two men, Alistair and Brian, as they lived in Craigavon, they naturally got to get to know more people and got to know other Baptists living in Craigavon. And so they made the decision to form a committee with the vision and goal of a Baptist church um, in the centre of Craigavon. One on the committee was um, Sid McCormick, who ran a boys' hostel over in Burnside. Now, in the, one of the um, things in the plans for Craigavon was a site allocated for an orange hall. And the purpose of this was to combine um, four lodges together into one. Now, in the meantime, these lodges had, were meeting in other buildings, and they decided they were happy enough where they were. They decided to remain, which left uh, this site that was originally allocated to them available. Now, the first formal committee meeting of this new Baptist committee, then known as Brownlow Baptist Fellowship or Brownlow Baptist Project Committee, um, this first meeting took place on the 12th of April 1972. And the agenda on that day was simply where they might meet and what name might be given to a Baptist church in Craigavon. And at this first meeting, it was suggested that on the 10th of September 1972, this would be the first Sunday service. Now, as the site originally allocated um, for the Orange Lodge was now available. The committee then had their eye on this site. 
and they spoke to the Baptist Union, which is now ABCI, and they asked them to correspond with the CDC, Craigavon Development Commission, regarding the site for a Baptist church. But while discussions were ongoing, um, the committee were still keen to begin meeting. A hall became available in Tully Galley, but the committee turned this down because their vision and passion was for meeting here in Drumgore. So Hall then did become available in Drumgore Community Centre, and their first official prayer meeting was held there on Thursday the 7th of September 1972 at 8pm. And here we are still meeting on Thursdays at 8pm. And at this time, it was agreed that the name of the committee would be changed to Central Gavin Baptist Committee. On the 1st of October, the same year, 1972, the first Sunday school meeting took place in a home in Burnside. And it wasn't actually until the following year, um, the 10th of June, Sunday the 10th of June, 1973, um, that the first Sunday service took place in the community hall. And I think, I'm pretty sure it was the following Sunday um, that then a breakaway group from Kilikameen Baptist began meeting with the believers already in Craigavon. And then, as I said, the 11th of June, 1974, Central Craigavon Baptist Church was officially formed. And that name, Central Craigavon, um, actually remained until the past few years. We are actually now officially Craigavon Baptist Church. And the reason for that is simple. Despite being officially Central Craigavon, um, the church was only ever really known and referred to as Craigavon Baptist. And so we thought it made sense to be officially called the name by which we have always been known. Now, well, believers in Craigavon um, continued to meet in Drumgore Community Centre, and correspondence continued between the Baptist Union and Craigavon Development Commission regarding the site. And permission was indeed granted for a church building. And so the building project began in October 1977. And on the 24th of June 1978, this church building that we sit in was officially opened, with the first pastor of the new building being um, Jim Murdoch. The two men, actually, Alistair Baxter and Brian McFarland, with the original vision, um, they had resigned at this stage and moved on. Over a 40-year period, um, of course, the church had ups and downs. Um, about 10 years ago, um, the membership of the church declined considerably for different reasons. And I think I'm correct in saying um, the lowest membership was, was 10 or 11 um, members. And at this stage, there were serious talks regarding the future of the Baptist Church here in Drumgore. Should we continue meeting, or is it in fact time to call it a day? Now, Billy Colville, who was then an association director, he stepped in to help, to guide, to support 
Um, Philip Brown was brought in on a part-time basis, followed, of course, by Colin. And by this stage, then, the vision and passion was to firmly remain and to keep a consistent gospel witness in Drum Gore. Of course, things went from bad to worse four and a half years ago when Pastor Savage came. Um, many of you, <laughs> thanks for that, Patrick. <laughs> many of you will know. Um, it was a conversation simply I had with Colin um, at the pastor's conference. Um, he was telling me just what was happening in Craigavon, and I was just really drawn to that. I had a strong desire to be part of what God was doing here. And I am so thankful um, today that God has allowed me to join you and to press on with you in gospel ministry here in Drumgore. The church today looks very different um, to what it did 50 years ago. And the church today looks very different to what it did 10 years ago and even 5 years ago. And when I came in November 2019, um, the first official pastor that I mentioned, Jim Murdoch, he he called me to simply encourage me as I began working here. And one thing Jim said to me that that, that stuck by me, he, he said these words, he said, the church could have closed, but it didn't. The church could have closed, but and I think that is so significant. We are here today in 2024, and because we are here, God has purpose for us. And so at the beginning of this year, and as we approach 50 years of service, I simply want us to consider again, what is our purpose of being here today. So to help us think about that, to help us focus on the present, and to look with great hope to the future, please take your Bible and open um, up the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 60. just want to read the first three verses of Isaiah Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now, as we dip into the latter part of a book such as Isaiah, it's important to consider context and to get a sense of the build-up to these words. 
Isaiah's name, you may know, means salvation is Yahweh's. Salvation is God's. Salvation is God's alone. And that in itself is a good summary, both of the prophet and the book of Isaiah. Isaiah has often been referred to through history as the fifth gospel, simply because there is such a clear and obvious gospel message. The historical background to the book of Isaiah is Assyria rising to power and taking over Israel under the Lord's control and direction. The prophet speaks about the northern tribe's exile, followed by Judah's desolation and exile. And much of the first 39 chapters are taken up with this, and it is grim reading for the people of God. But from Isaiah 40, the prophet speaks God's comfort and God's hope to a people who had failed, to a people who were weary, and to a people with practically no hope for the future. God speaks hope to his people. There is a promised, glorious future that is not determined nor restricted by Israel's past failure. I'll say that again. There is a promised, glorious future that is not determined nor restricted by Israel's past failure. Now, this unthinkable transformation, God's mission and purpose, will be accomplished both through God's servant, singular, and through God's servants, plural. Isaiah speaks about God's mission being accomplished through an individual and through a community. Where God's servants, the community of God's people, have failed, God promises a servant, an individual, who will succeed in restoring Israel. God promises great restoration through his servants, but his people doubt. His people doubt. And as his people continue to doubt, God continues to reaffirm his promise and reassure his people. So, for example, Isaiah 49, but Zion said, God's people said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. In other words, we've gone too far. We've gone too far this time. God won't help us again. 
Now, how does God respond? God says, Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and raise my signal to the people. So what we see here in Isaiah 49 is that the hope of Israel's restoration is not dependent upon Israel, but is dependent upon God's desire, his compassionate love for his people, and on God's ability. I will lift up my hands. Isaiah 50 then recaps the disastrous and sinful history of God's people within that this great hope that light will come in darkness. Isaiah is full of contrast. Isaiah 51, we have powerful words of promise and assurance that God will take the cup of wrath that his servants deserve and he will take it away from them by the means of one servant. Isaiah 52, we see this promise is good news for God's people. The same word for the gospel in the New Testament. God's promise in Isaiah is a gospel promise. We come to Isaiah 53, probably the best known chapter in Isaiah, and we see clearly the means of salvation, the means of restoration and healing. That God's one sinless servant will stand in the place of many sinful servants. God's one servant will pay the price for sin, will have victory over sin and death, and then share his victory with many servants. Isaiah 54, in light of the servant's work in Isaiah 53, God refers to Israel as his delightful, redeemed bride. Those rescued from slavery and returned to their loving and caring husbands. So there's an obvious change of tone. Israel were down, they were defeated they were destroyed. And yet now, as we move on, they are to rise with singing, with joy, with gladness and peace. Because of the work of the sinless servant, there is no condemnation for the sinful servants. They have been ransomed, healed, restored, 
forgiven evermore to sing his praise. We go into Isaiah 55, and there the invitation is open for all to come, all to come freely to God through the servant's work. Isaiah 56, we see that God's redeemed have a changed life. They're now marked with justice and righteousness. Then Isaiah 57 to 59 recalls Israel's sin again. And this is so helpful to us because we see such a startling contrast as we move into Isaiah 60. And as Isaiah recalls Israel's sin, there's this build-up of words such as defiled and iniquity, lies, violence, crooked, destruction, all these words that marked Israel's life. And this inevitably leads to, to darkness, as the prophet says, groping around for light, but only darkness. People wandering around with no purpose or meaning to life. And through this we see clearly, as has always been, the problem is not with God, but it is with man's sinful heart. And we have already saw that, of course, God is both willing and able to save and to restore. And we see here in these chapters that the way to restoration, the way to light from darkness, is confession of sin. And when we confess our sin, there is a Redeemer servant who will free us from sin and darkness and death. Now look for me in Isaiah 59, verse 21. Isaiah 59, verse 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you, and my words that I have put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. God gives his people an abiding spirit and an enduring word. And this brings us into chapter 60. So in light of that build-up, let's read those verses again. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, thick darkness the people's. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. 
nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I hope you're beginning to see here that God's work is unbelievable. You see, the great wonder of these verses isn't so much that the Lord is full of light and glory, which of course He is, but the wonder of these verses is that the glory of the Lord is reflected in and from Israel. Dark, despairing, despondent, defiled, defeated Israel, the light and glory of God is shining in you and through you and from you. Now think about what we have seen. There was nothing to attract anyone to you, Israel. Israel, you were miserable, pathetic. And yet... God has made you a magnet to the nations of the world. God has made you, Israel, can you believe it? The means of bringing the nations to himself. Through the work of the one true servant, God's redeemed people who have turned to him in confession are now able to be servants of God in his great mission. What an absolute wonder and privilege God has given to his people. Now, as you read through those chapters leading up to this, Israel are told repeatedly to awake. Wake up. Wake up, Israel. Wake up, people of God. See what God is doing. See your hopeful and glorious future. And when you hear, when you see what God has done through his servant and have responded to his servant, then arise and let the light and glory of the Lord shine. I don't know about you, but the days after the Christmas holidays have got to be the hardest to get yourself out of bed in the mornings. We wake up and we groan. This wake-up call of Isaiah, it's a bit more like Christmas morning. Wake up! It's Christmas! Let's rise and go! Spiritually, God's people, they were perhaps half wakening up and and groaning because the days were difficult. They were burdened by sin and they were weighed down by darkness. God is giving his people a wake-up call. He's saying, wake up, Israel. 
see what I have done through my servant. I have given you light and forgiveness and peace and joy. Now arise and embrace the privilege of drawing the nations to my glorious light. It's the same for us today. We read in 2 Corinthians 4, what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's just think for a few moments how this applies to us today. And as we do that, we're just wanting to think, what is our purpose as Craigavon Baptist Church for being here today, 7th of January 2024? You, we are the light of the world. Now you'll remember we looked at this in Matthew 5. We are light in a dark world. We are the very light of Jesus Christ. The hope for the world, the hope for Drumgoor and Craigavon is the light of Jesus Christ upon you, shining in you, through you, from you. Isn't that unbelievable? Of course, there's, just like Israel, there's nothing special in us, in ourselves, in our lives, to attract anyone, but God has shown the light and glory of Christ in us, and it is his light and his glory in us that continues to be a magnet to the world. Listen, this isn't a guilt trip today to stand up and do more evangelism. This is no conscious pricking that we would somehow move by drudgery. This is a summons today from the Lord of glory to arise and embrace the privilege that is yours today. This is a glorious promise from God that amidst the darkness in this world, His glory and His light and His hope is shining upon you. I don't know any greater purpose for living. I don't know any better reason to get up in the morning. And I don't know any other reason why God has us here today, in this place, at this time, but to arise and shine with light. And glory. We arise with word and 
indeed. We saw in Isaiah when God's light came to God's people, their lives were changed, they were marked by justice and righteousness. And we've spent the past months in the Sermon on the Mount looking at what that righteousness looks like. We saw in Isaiah, we are giving an abiding spirit and an enduring word. God has given us everything, done for us everything we need to arise and shine. And when we proclaim Jesus Christ, the light and glory of God, the Spirit of God works in transforming power. Through Isaiah, God promised his word would come. God's eternal word came in Jesus Christ. God's word is spoken in the scriptures and is now proclaimed by his servants. As Jesus Christ is proclaimed, God's spirit is working, shining the light of the glorious Christ in dark hearts. And that invitation from Isaiah 55 continues in today. It is an open invitation to all to come to God through the work of his servant and become yourselves one of God's privileged servants. Now, we can be put off um, rising and shining God's light. We can be put off by the darkness of the world. The world is just so dark. The world is just so sinful and so rebellious. Wake up. See what God has done in your life how he was so willing and so able to transform your life. Remember, this is not dependent upon our ability, but upon God's loving compassion and his ability to wake up, see what God has done, see what God can do, and arise. Let his light and glory shine. We can be put off by the darkness of the world. We can be put off by our current sin and failures. Or perhaps we can be put off by past sin and failure. Remember God's promise that we said, we see clearly in Isaiah. God's promise is that our future as his people is not determined by past or current sin and failure. Our sin and failure does not undo the power of the gospel. It cannot. If you think about it, what is going to save men and women? 
It's the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ with God's Holy Spirit. That is the power of God for salvation. God's gospel mission here in Craigavon and across the world, wherever you go, is not dependent upon us, but upon the power of God. See, the truth is, God has us here today in spite of ourselves. He has us here today in spite of ourselves. And that's okay. Because we are here today not to make ourselves known. Not to make Pragavan Baptist Church known. But to proclaim Jesus Christ the light and the glory of God. And I can tell you that when the light and glory of God shines in the darkness and in dark hearts, it will not ever disappoint. No man or woman will remain unchanged when the light of the glory of God shines. Hear God's word to us. Arise. Shine. For your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, yes, darkness shall cover the earth. Thick darkness the peoples. But... Here's the contrast from the darkness. The Lord will rise upon you. His glory. It's amazing, isn't it? His glory will be seen upon you. A nation shall come to your light. Even kings to the brightness of your rising. Let us pray. Our God, dying and prayed earlier, we pray for ourselves that in the Holy Spirit's power you would remake us self on the cross and Christ upon the throne. Father, enable us to focus today to put past behind us Father, for the future, take us. Thank you for your glorious promise that your light and glory will even shine upon us. So, Father, take us on. Cause us to arise and shine with the light of the glory of God in Jesus Christ will be seen and that many will come to Christ, become servants of God. Father, take us on to live for Christ alone. We pray in his name. Amen.